Good morning. You're listening to the Mind Kink Podcast by The Wordsmith. The episode that you're about to hear is a very, very brief part, but still useful, of a system that I've been developing to solve a very specific series of interrelated problems. Women face a lot of challenges in the modern dating marketplace, and specifically female submissives face certain challenges that I have spent some time addressing. Many of my female friends who are also submissives, I have counseled and given advice to, and over time, as I usually do, I noticed patterns in what I was saying, started to write it all down. And the end result of this will be something that I publish soon, which is an integrated system for female submissives to use in order to secure themselves a high quality dominant male partner. This is part of a conversation that I had with someone where I was outlining some of the rough ideas of this system and the idea that she should Okay, so some context. I have several good female friends who are submissives and who are in relationships or who want to be in relationships. They have had significant challenges dating as a female submissive. There are lots of different reasons for this. It would require a much longer episode to go into those, and I will in future on the on the episode that is specifically dedicated to introducing and outlining the entirety of that system. Today is just a small, small piece of it. It's just a conversation that I have with someone that has some of the parts of it. But I noticed these people that I cared about were suffering very much and I wanted to do something to fix that. So in my usual fashion, I developed entire system to solve this problem very conclusively. It covers everything from how to dress, how to speak, what to say, how to have conversations, how to present yourself in an attractive way, what your dating objectives are at each different phase of the process, how to secure a good relationship, how to design a good relationship with someone, how to have a good dynamic with someone, DS-wise as well, on top of your existing normal, natural, male-female relationship. as well as about a dozen other different unrelated topics. It's a large group of related concepts and behaviors and ideas. And I will present all of those in a coherent, logical, linear way in a future episode. This episode is useful to you as a small snapshot of that system. It's not comprehensive. It's not intended to be. However, it does provide a step-by-step breakdown of how to have an interesting conversation with someone that you're intending to go on a date with. And so for that reason, I've decided to include it as an episode here. As always, if you have any questions, you can find me at the website, The Wordsmith Speaks, T-H-E-W-O-R-D-S-M-I-T-H-S-P-E-A-K-S.com. I welcome questions, and I'm looking forward to publishing the full-length version of this, well, concept.
in future. It's a, it's a big problem. There doesn't really seem to be... I, I wish that I could simply point people to where the solution was for this. Specifically because women are usually less motivated to follow complex processes than men are. And so the solution by its very definition needs to be substantially simpler than something that I would prescribe to a man. Dating as a submissive is not necessarily easier. It's different. It has its own challenges that I feel like the vanilla dating scene... First of all, I feel like the vanilla dating advice scene is so atrociously dysfunctional and backwards that I can't even begin to express how little respect I have for the vast majority of educators in that field. When I say that I lack the words to describe something completely, you can understand that I mean that in a very serious way. But the advice when it comes to how to form healthy, sustainable, long-term, intense, intimate, and meaningful relationships in kink is even less available and even more perverted by some of the magnified excesses of localized insanity that exist within the vanilla dating advice. I'm not going to call it a community, but like the group of people that generally would tend to give advice on that topic. And so women using their best intentions try to follow this advice, don't get the results that they expect, become disheartened, withdraw into themselves, become depressed. And speaking quite plainly, I'm really fucking sick of my friends suffering as a result of that. You know, I, uh, I don't hate people that are led astray or that are given bad advice, but I reserve a special kind of anger for people that are leading people astray and giving them bad advice. I know it sounds like I'm stating the blindingly obvious here, but these are real people with real lives and they matter to me. And when someone gives them bad advice, incomplete advice, advice they can't realistically act upon, advice that is based on a distorted and unrealistic view of the world, that harms them and it irritates me. And so my solution to this is to solve this problem myself. I am very tired of my friends being damaged by bad advice and missing out on some of the amazing opportunities that they might otherwise have had. I think, generally speaking, a relationship can be one of the deepest and most personal sources of meaning, or at least to provide the opportunities for the construction of meaning, that it's possible for a person to have. We are not made to be alone. We were made to be with each other. And anything that impedes that process damages people that I care about very much and so must be destroyed. A friend of mine, we were talking once on a construction job. They just finished doing the morning concrete pour and we uh, were sitting under a tree just chilling for 20 minutes or so. 
and we started talking about philosophy and uh, he said something to me which I will never never ever forget he said if it can be destroyed by the truth it deserves to be destroyed by the truth well what he actually said was if it can be destroyed by the truth then it fucking deserves to be and then a few more you know swear words after that but that's the general idea of the quote I know that it's not original to him he didn't create that I googled it later on and I I don't remember where it's from but I know that it was in a Peanuts comic once the point is the solution to bad advice is good advice the solution to a bad process is a superior process so rather than complain about it and stand idly by while my friends miss out on amazing connections being invited to fantastic play parties going on weekend long hiking slash sex trips with a guy they really like in a different country because they can't attract him i thought i would just solve that problem i don't think that it's difficult and as an idea of what I've been able to accomplish in the whole of this system about eight or nine from memory I've got all these records written down somewhere but let's assume conservatively eight very close female friends of mine who identify as sexually submissive have used this system over the last several months to secure for themselves in every case exceptional male partners they have built relationships from nothing with a 100 percent success rate and so i'm looking forward to presenting that to you in the future this is just a small piece of one of the conversations from about a year and a half ago that was part of the process of developing this it's only very short and i'm probably overhyping it but the whole thing is worth listening to I don't like unnecessary suffering. So, this is what you're going to do. You are going to walk up to him and give him a hug. This sets the tone properly. It doesn't matter if he's not like really into it, just walk up and give him a hug. If you're the first person to make physical contact, he'll feel much more comfortable with you. The thing to understand is that most men want very much to initiate things, but there are so many risks attached in the first couple of dates that a modern woman is probably going to have to initiate most of the things in the first two or three dates. And once you've done that, then you can lean back and then he'll do all the rest of the work. But you just have to push that first couple of dates thing. Okay. So if you think you're being initiatory, multiply that by four, and then that's probably a good place to start. Okay. So by being initiatory, I mean, give him a hug first up. Just walk up to him with a big smile and a hug and say, I'm really glad you're here. Right? Now, all of this is predicated on putting you in a position where you get to choose whether you want to have a second date or not. Okay? So hug as soon as you greet them. Just, you know, we'll squeeze, linger for a second or two, then let go. Okay? And then you want to go for a walk. So 
The first thing you want to do is walk to the nearest coffee shop, which in future versions of this date, you will have already scouted out in advance, but maybe just look on Google Maps and find something nice. Talk about it with him, okay? Now, the goal of this date is to get to know somebody better, right? So you walk to the coffee shop and then you order, you pay for yourself, unless he says, can I pay for you? In which case you let him pay for you, but only a coffee, not a meal, right? Um, but normally you're gonna pay for yourself, right? And then you go for a little walk. Now, I think, I'm not sure exactly where you are, but I think you're near the exhibition center. So along the water side is usually really good, okay? Nice slow pace, you're not power walking to get anywhere. You're just wandering, having a conversation, right? But being on the move physically loosens people up emotionally, right? Some generic comments about the weather are always a good place to start. A bad question is something like, well, generally speaking, it's something like, tell me about yourself. Because the first thing that people will do is give you the memorized answers of work, family, job, career, blah, blah, blah. It's too broad of a question. And it's not emotional enough. What you want to ask are emotional questions. Because you want to get him feeling things. Right? So a question like, Tell me about your favorite book, right? Tell me about your favorite movie. And now notice it's not a question. It is an imperative statement. Hey, do you have a favorite movie? Wrong. Hey, tell me about your favorite book, right? Oh, I, you know, oh, I really love this Japanese anime. Cool. Tell me about it. And then the question is not, oh, tell me what you like about it. It might be easier for you to say something like, tell me what you hate about it, right? Or what don't you like about it? Now, if they say, I don't have a favorite, the easy answer to this is, okay, well, if you did have a favorite, though, what would it be? And then nine times out of 10, you will immediately get a, a strong, sharp, well, I don't have a favorite movie, but my favorite movie is Fight Club, right? It's a weird little psychological trick. It's a hypnosis thing because consciously they don't have a favorite movie, but unconsciously they do. So they're just like, you know, if you did have one, what would it be? If you did have a favorite movie out of all the movies you've seen in your life, what would it be? Right. And then you want to find what you're, what you're digging for is something that they're passionate about, whatever it is, right? It can be trains or Warhammer 40K or, you know, movies, politics, the news, whatever it is they're passionate about. But you want to keep digging until you find something that just they want to gush about. And then you basically just want to let them gush about it. Right. You're amazing at this. You are such a good listener. You are so supportive and patient and understanding. Now, I'm not saying that you just listen in for the next two hours and say nothing. That's a perfectly valid option. But ideally, you want him to ask you some questions about you, too. And he probably won't know how to do that because modern society teaches men that they are inherently, they are inherently evil and that they shouldn't even try to date. You might have to, like, coach him into asking a couple of questions about yourself or just volunteer information without being asked. It's perfectly reasonable to ask him, so, you know, what's your absolute favorite movie, right? 
not what's your favorite movie, what's your absolute most favorite movie in the world, right? Get a little bit excited when you ask the questions, perfectly fine. And then he answers, and then if he doesn't ask you, then you just answer the question as though he had. That's perfectly normal. It's like, oh, you know, my absolute favorite movie. That's how you do questions. Super easy. What is your absolute favorite something? Um, a backup question that's also really good is, you know, like, what makes you feel happy? What makes you feel joyful? What makes you feel powerful? What makes you feel X, right? That's an easy, very flexible one you can follow up with. What makes you feel X? Right? The goal of the first date is to figure out whether you want to fuck this person. Okay? Not whether you have a relationship with them. And, and bear in mind, men will be extremely reserved on a first date. Extremely. But so long as he's not incredibly overweight, you as a woman have a huge amount of good material to work with. Right? You can, you can easily turn a, con, a non-confident guy into a confident guy with a couple of compliments and some good sex. And then you've developed a resource that you can go back to in bed over and over again. Right? It's not hard to do, but you are going to have to put some effort in for the first couple of dates because most modern men are shy and they don't know what to say. And they feel like they're taking huge risks in asking for things or telling you what they want in bed, which is why you have to make it safe for them because they are taking huge risks. Yeah. So those questions, how, like, <clears throat> what is something in your life that makes you feel X is a great one to put him in that particular mood. Bad questions are things like, is there, or was there, or could there be? Because they assume that there's either no answer or a weak answer. You know, having an imperative frame, like, tell me about your favorite movie versus do you have a favorite movie? Tell me about your favorite movie is a much better statement. Hope that makes sense. Have fun.